All right. Well, good evening. Welcome to our Wednesday service here at Keith Heights. And I um, want to encourage you on a couple of things very quickly, and then we'll go to the Lord in prayer. First of all, um, we've got uh, our morning devotion time that uh, we've been having uh, since uh, it'll be a week tomorrow, I think, is when we started it. And if you've not been tuning into that each morning, perhaps you could do that and uh, share it with some folks. Uh, just a little 15-minute or so thought for the day and something to encourage in a time of prayer together. And um, so I uh, want to let you know about that. You can find that on our Facebook page or also on the Internet uh, at our website. Or no, it's not. I'm sorry. That one's only on Facebook. So don't go to the website for that one. That one is only on Facebook. Uh, but our services are still on uh, the, the website and on Facebook. And so I want to encourage you in that. And then also, uh, there are a few people that are coming to the services and a few more that have asked about it. Uh, and that's fine as long as we keep social distancing right now until we hear otherwise uh, on some things that are mandatory for us. But um, I want to encourage you to share things uh, to other folks. If, you, if you're on Facebook, uh, if you'll check in while you're here uh, just before the service, it sends out a notice to all your friends and other people, uh, letting them know that we're getting ready to go live. And so there's a lot of things that will be helpful there to help people uh, watch the services. And so I want to encourage you in that. And then uh, just be in prayer this week, if you will, for uh, uh, continue to pray for Miss June Bolin, uh, who has had some progress in the way of some of the family matters, and we thank the Lord for answered prayer there, uh, but still battling some physical problems with regard to her treatment for her cancer. Uh, continue to pray for uh, the building to sell for uh, Brother Roberts and the folks over at Beacon, uh, that they'll get that building sold. And um, then also for Brother Bob Schwabert, uh, if you'll continue to pray for him and the family. And I'm going to try to get a, hopefully get an update tomorrow if I can get a hold of Tim or uh, one of the boys. And so um, pray that we'll uh, have a, 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 some update from that tomorrow. Uh, also for Linda Craig, continue to pray for her. She was able to get out this week, and we thank the Lord for that. And uh, a good encouragement uh, that she did not have. Uh, she tested negative for the COVID, so that's, that's very, very good news for her. And we thank the Lord for that answer to prayer there. And also for Miss Sarah uh, Harris, who's continuing to recover at home, and, and for Laverne Payne. And so if you will, keep these folks in prayer uh, that are also recovering. And then I was thinking of uh, Miss Jean Whitener also this afternoon. She was on my heart, and uh, I have not checked in with her recently. So pray for her. She's at an assisted living facility. And I know uh, right now a lot of that's locked down, and they, they're real careful about letting people in and things like that. So pray for her uh, during this time as well. Uh, are there any other uh, prayer requests here that we have in the auditorium that we need to be in prayer about? Uh, my sister went to the doctor, I think it was yesterday, and uh, we're hoping to hear some good reports or bad reports from that meeting. It's supposed to, that's supposed to be the doctor that can answer some questions for us. So. Uh, they didn't, obviously not in the first visit, but they'll uh, probably have her do another test or two. This is the doctor that should be able to give us some answers, though, and so continue to pray for that. All right. Okay, let's go to the Lord in prayer tonight, and then we'll get into our lesson for the evening. Father, we're thankful for the opportunity to come to you in prayer, and we thank you for the privilege to gather together, even if it is by way of streaming, that you've given us the time of um, history where we're uh, fortunate to have the technology to be able to do this. And for those that have been tuning in, Lord, many folks, uh, seemingly more than even that come to our church and attend the services usually, have been able to tune in and listen. And, Lord, what a joy and a blessing that has been 
uh, to see that the Word of God is still being able to be preached. And so, Lord, we do pray that you would continue to bless it and use it. We pray for these requests tonight that were mentioned and uh, that you would have your hand of grace upon them and a hand of healing where it's necessary for those that are in physical ailments. We think of uh, Brother Bob tonight and for grace and comfort uh, to him and the family during this time and others that are in need of uh, prayer for some uh, decisions and choices that they need to make, that they will have your wisdom and guidance in them. We pray that you'll bless the, tonight in the, in the service and the message that you will use it to encourage our hearts and strengthen us in our faith. And then, Father, that we could bring honor and glory to you in everything that we say and everything that we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Uh, we're going to be in Job chapter number 19 tonight to start with. And um, a couple things led to uh, the message tonight. We're going to put our study on the King James Bible on hold for just at least just tonight, as far as I know. But uh, I had a couple things on my heart this week and felt like we really needed to um, deal with some of that. And um, I, uh, I got thinking on the book of Job a little bit earlier this week. Miss Kim Dealman came to me Sunday and uh, asked me a couple questions about it. And that's the book that she's going through right now. And um, some thoughts came to mind throughout Sunday afternoon and evening about Job and uh, some things that I had given her for answers and, and uh, certain thoughts began to come into my heart and mind. And I thought, boy, what an applicable truth for the time that we're in right now and some of the things that we're facing. And uh, then I was talking to a pastor friend of mine. I think it was uh, Monday, I believe, or it might have been Saturday just before Sunday. I think it was, uh, might have been Friday or Saturday. or uh, Yeah, I think it was Friday. pastor friend of mine. And uh, we were talking about some things. And uh, he made comment of the fact, and, I, and I've alluded to this before, that um, because we live in a day of religious liberty, uh, the church and many Christians, uh, uh, people that are members of, of our churches, um, have almost gotten a sense of pride at um, what they have built themselves into as far as appearances. Uh, sometimes they pride themselves on what their church has become or what it used to be and what they still want it to be. Uh, they're still trying to make it be all that it used to be 20 or 30 years ago. And they have a pride about it. And they, they, it seems like when we get to a place in our lives where we think we've arrived spiritually or that, uh, that God's hand of blessing is upon our life or upon our ministry, it seems like those are the times that we are most prone to uh, push the spiritual cruise control button and to just say, boy, I want to just stay right here. And, and we don't keep pursuing, we don't keep pressing uh, for uh, a heart that hungers and thirsts after the Lord. And uh, then I came across, uh, I, I like to listen to preaching during the week, and um, was listening to one of the, the fellows that I like to listen to, um, and uh, his message was on the book of Job. And I thought, boy, you know, this is just, uh, everything keeps falling into place, and uh, things about um, the message tonight, and God moves in mysterious ways, I think, sometimes, and after so many times of I don't look for signs and wonders. Certainly we're not looking for those things, but we certainly want to be sensitive to the leading of God. And uh, I don't want to be one of these fellas that God puts all these road signs in front of him and we just keep passing it saying, boy, I wish God would just show me what to do. And we ignore them and we just go on. And so I hope and pray that the message tonight will be uh, what God has intended for tonight. I know it's been on my heart and, and if nobody else gets anything out of it, I, it'll be a blessing to me to, to be able to preach it. 
And uh, I want to back up, if you will, to verse chapter number 18 very quickly. We're going to point out just a couple verses, and I promise you we're not going to take things out of context here, but just to get a sense of what's happening in chapter 18, we're going to read a few verses there, and then we're going to move on into chapter number 19. Verse number 1, uh, the Bible says, Then Bildad the Shuhite, uh, then answered Bildad the Shuhite, and said, How long will ye err, ye uh, make an end, of, uh, an end of words? Or how long will it be, ere ye make an end of words? Mark, and afterwards we will speak. Wherefore, are we counted as beasts and reputed vile in your sight? And so Bildad uh, comes to Job, and he's, he's getting ready to criticize Job. He's already done this numerous times throughout this book. In fact, in chapter 19, you'll find out that Bildad has done this no less than this is the tenth time that he's come to Job trying to uh, discourage him and trying to get him to realize that, uh, that he needs to repent because obviously in Bildad's mind, Job is suffering because of some sin in his life or some wrongdoing. And uh, so he talks about this. And uh, he talks about the, verse number 7, The steps of his strength shall be straightened, and his own counsel shall cast him down, for he is cast into a net by his own feet, and he walketh upon a snare. Uh, we find out over in verse number... Um, uh, verse number uh, 18, it says, He shall be driven from light into darkness and chased out of the world. He shall neither have son nor nephew among his people nor any remaining in his dwellings. They that come after him shall be astonished at his day as they that went uh, before were affrighted. Now, verse 21 to me is very significant. He says, Surely such are the dwellings of the wicked, and this is the place of him that knoweth not God. And so, Bildad is, is, I mean, he's not mentioning words here, is he? He's coming down and saying, listen, Job, you're in the mess you're in because there's been some sin in your life. And uh, we all know that, that the story of Job is that there was suffering, not because of his, uh, de, uh, his departing from God, but because of his heart for God, that uh, God was showing him and testing him uh, before Satan and saying, listen, hast thou considered my servant Job? And uh, had a lot of things good to say about Job. Bildad doesn't understand this, and so he criticizes him. Now, that just kind of gives you an idea of where, where Job's friends were on the issue. Job has suffered the loss of his children. He's suffered the loss of his cattle. He's suffered the loss of his servants. Even his own wife has turned on him. Uh, here we find his friends are turning on him. And I want you to notice in verse number 1, the Bible says uh, of, of chapter 19, Then Job answered and said, How long will ye vex my soul and break me in pieces with words? These ten times have ye reproached me. Ye are not ashamed that ye make yourselves strange to me. And be it indeed that I have erred, mine error remaineth with myself. I indeed, uh, uh, If indeed ye will magnify yourselves against me and plead against me my reproach, know now that God hath overthrown, God hath overthrown me and hath compassed me with his net. Behold, I cry out of wrong, but I am not heard. I cry aloud, but there is no judgment. He hath fenced up my way that I cannot pass. In other words, Job's saying, trust me, Bildad, I've gone to God. I've, I've asked him, uh, where's the wrong? Judge me, show me. He said, there is no judgment. He said, God has done this. God has ensnared me. In verse number uh, 7, he says, He hath fenced up my way that I cannot pass, and he hath set darkness in my paths. He hath stripped me of my glory and taken the crown from my head. He hath destroyed me on every side, and I am gone, and my hope hath he removed like a tree. He hath also kindled his wrath against me, and he counteth me unto him as one of his enemies. 
His troops come together and raise up their way against me and encamp around about my tabernacle. He has put my brethren far from me, and mine acquaintance are very estranged. My, quen, uh, my kinfolk uh, have failed, and my familiar friends have forgotten me. They that dwell in my house and my maids count me for a stranger. I'm an alien in their sight. I call my servant, and he gave me no answer. It entre I entreated him with my mouth. My breath is strange to my wife. Though I entreated for the children's sake of mine own body, yea, young children despise me. I arose, and they spake against me. All my inward friends abhorred me, and they whom I loved are turned against me. My bone cleaveth to my skin and to my flesh. I am escaped with the skin of my teeth. Have pity upon me, have pity upon me, O ye my friends, for the hand of God hath touched me. Now, I want us to just look at this for a moment because it ties in with this, this conversation I had with this pastor friend of mine last week. And, and the idea that we are, if we're not careful, we'll find out that we are uh, claiming to love God with our hearts. We have a form of godliness. We have a form of attending our churches, perhaps, but there's no heart in it. There's no substance to it. And uh, when there's no substance, I want to just say this, that uh, when there is no inner substance to our walk with God and to our Christianity, then when trials come that, that, that come our way that are in, in the line of what Job went through, we will not stand faithful. We will be blown about by every wind of doctrine. And, and, and I, I heard uh, this, this preacher I was listening to this week, a good, good friend of mine, and uh, he made a, a statement that I had not thought of before this way. But he said, you know, we... we uh, we have to plead with people to attend church, Christians. We have to ask God's people to come to church. Uh, we have to ask them to read their Bibles and encourage them always to read their Bibles. We have to encourage them to get them to pray. We have to encourage them to get them to go out and tell others about the Lord Jesus Christ. These are things that ought to be natural for a Christian. These are things that when the heart is right ought to just flow out of us. And if any of us are given any kind of hardship, and here's how the, the, the kind of the litmus test, if you will, this is this is the way that we find out: uh, are we a surface Christian, are we a hollow Christian, if you will, or are we a Christian that is working and developing and building the inner man to to, to pursue after God, to, to love God? Here's the here's the test: when the trials come, how do we respond? When the trials come, we're facing some trials right now. That, that's, that's an understatement, if I, if I may say so. We're living in a time where we're being put to the test. I know Christians that have talked to me in recent weeks that are going through depression, that are going through discouragement. They're, they're, they're worried. They're anxious. They're uh, upset over what's happening. And can I tell you this? Uh, the Christian that, that loves the Lord with all of his heart, that's pursuing after the Lord Jesus Christ, that, that loves him, and can I tell you this? Uh, we all could use a healthy dose of it, couldn't we? of a fervency for God, and when we pursue after Him the way that we should, the anxiety's not there. I mean, what's the worst that could happen? Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy because uh, if you think about it, the worst that could happen is heaven. And, and I heard him say this in the message. He, this is what he said. He said, no matter how, how good life gets here and no matter how bad life gets here, the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. We, we get the privilege of, of going to heaven when we die. We get the privilege of living with God for eternity. We get the privilege of having our sins forgiven. And, and can I tell you this, that there, there, there's not going to come a time in our life where we say, well, uh, the best years are past. The best years are past. It's never going to be the same again. 
Can I tell you this? No, no, the best years are still before us. And I thought as he said that, I thought, boy, what a thought. That when we're saved and know God is our Savior, with great faith, no matter what the circumstances are, we can look at it and say the best is not behind us. The best is yet before us. And we have something to pursue after. We have something to look forward to. We have hope in Christ. Now, I want us to continue reading here and where we left off. Because in verse number 23, Job says this, Oh, that my words were now written. Oh, that they were printed in a book that they were graven with an iron pen and lead in the rock forever. Now these are the words that he wished were graven in. For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. My friend, I want to encourage you tonight, the best is yet to come. I love what is said here as we look at verse number 25. There's, there's so much in this. But I want you to notice that Job says this. He says, I know something. I don't think it. I don't wonder it. I, I don't just hope that it happens. He said, I am confident in this. I have a knowledge of this. And I know that I know that I know that I know. And there are some things that are unshakable in the life and the mind of Job that no matter what trials come his way, he is, he is steadfast and his feet are sure uh, by the way of faith that, that, that this truth is sure. That my Redeemer liveth and that one of these days when the worms flesh, worm flesh, uh, flesh worms have, have decayed this old body that we're going to be standing there face to face with our God. He said, I know this. I know this. Look over, if you will, in Job 23. We're going to come back maybe in just a moment here. But look with me, if you will, in Job 23. <clears throat> then Job answered and said, Even today is my complaint bitter. My stroke is heavier than my groaning. Oh, that I knew where I might find him, that I might come even, uh, that, uh, that I might come even to his seat. I would order my cause before him and fill my mouth with arguments. I would know the words which he would answer me and understand what he would say unto me. Will he plead against me with his great power? No, but he would put strength in me. There the righteous might dispute with him, so should I be delivered forever from my judge. Behold, I go forward, but he is not there. And backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand, where he doth work, but I cannot behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand that I cannot see him. You know what Job said? He said, I, I, I'm at a place where I have pursued after God. I've tried to keep my faith. And I don't know if you've ever gotten there before, but I think we're living in some of the days where people that have talked to me recently, many of them have gotten to this point, that while they do have faith in God, when they see the circumstances that they're in, they begin to question, where is he? I try to pray, I can't find him. I try to uh, find him and I can't, see, I, I can't see him. I go forward, Job said, I can't find him. I go backward, I go to the left, I go to the right. I can't find God anywhere. And here's Job's response to that. I hope it will give us some hope. In verse number 10 he says, But he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Can I leave this truth with you and, and, and try to be a help to you? Whether we can see God or not, God sees us. Whether we sense His presence, He is there. We may not always see God in the valley. We may not realize that He's there. 
But you can rest assured He is. Turn with me to Psalm 139. I love this passage. I quote a lot of this, or one of these verses especially, quite a bit. Uh, because it's such a blessing to me, at least, especially in times of trial. Psalm 139. O Lord, Thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down-sitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou compassest my path and my lying down and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but, O Lord, Thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before, and laid Thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain unto it. Whither shall I go from Thy Spirit? Whither shall I flee from Thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, Thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not thee uh, from thee, but the night shineth as the day. And the darkness and the light are both alike to thee. For thou hast possessed my reins. Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise Thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are Thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. When our faith begins to be shaken, we need to understand that God is there. God is there. We go through some dark times, some trying times, and certainly these are some of those times. And I was listening this week in, in the message that my friend spoke this week. He made this statement. He said, what our world needs right now are some Christians that know God that will go out and make Him known to others. That, that there, there be some genuineness to our Christian life. That there be some, some things in our heart. Not just surface things. And I think that there's an awful lot to be said for people who have high standards, who try to dress right and talk right and act right and look right. But can I tell you, the Christian life is far more than just an outward appearance. The Christian life is something that develops on the inside. It's something that God transforms in our heart. And I want to encourage this, and those of their listening by way of live stream, and some of them I know that have called and talked with me about some things, I want to encourage you tonight that God is faithful. And when you get to the point where Job was, where he said, I've gone forward and I couldn't find God, I went backwards, I couldn't find God. I went to the right, went to the left. Understand this, that even in that valley where Job could not see him, there was one thing that he knew. He said, but I know that, that you will see me. He said, I know that God sees me. And when I am tried, I will come forth as gold. He anchored his soul to that knowledge. He knew that his Redeemer lived. He knew that one of these days we're going to stand before Him in the flesh and see Him face to face. And I want to encourage you in these thoughts. They may help you get through some of the dark and trying times. I know the news talks quite a bit. And by the way, uh, let me just say this. Uh, one of the things that is noted about Job, the book of Job, is a lot of people are talking about things. His friends talk to him. His wife talks to him. Uh, everybody coming at him. 
But you know the best part of the book of Job is when God begins to speak. And we can listen. We live in a world where there's a lot of talking going on and there's a lot of listening going on, it seems like. Sometimes we just need to turn off the television or the radio and just let God speak. Let Him be an encouragement to us. And I want to encourage you in these things because I, I think that uh, if things are going to get any worse than they are right now from a human and a physical standpoint, it's going to take the grace of God. It's going to take some Christians that have a true knowledge inwardly of what God is to them and who He is. It's going to take some Christians that, that anchor their souls to this trust, this faith in God that is not shakable. No matter what trials come this way, there, there are people that have already been asking the questions, people that uh, have not trusted God in their lifetime. In fact, some of them that are agnostic or atheists. And I've heard some of the interviews and some of the questions that have been asked in this time period as they say, why, if there is a God, why would He allow this to happen? And I tell you this, there is still a God. And He is still on the throne. And God's heart, I'm sure, is as sorrowful as ours is over the sinful condition of man. And I want to encourage our folks tonight. We were going to have our lesson on the manuscripts of the King James Bible this evening and just felt like there were some things that people were struggling with and needing some encouragement in. And so I wanted to leave you with a few thoughts tonight that no matter what happens, God is still on the throne. He's still there. He's, he, if we go into heaven, He's there. If we go into hell, He's there. If we uh, go to the uttermost parts of the earth, the Bible says, Thou art there. If we go to the depths of the ocean, Thou art there. And understand that God is still on, on the throne. He's still in control. And I want to encourage you in that tonight. I know we know it. I know we know it. But the problem is a lot of times it's a head knowledge. It's not a point where we really genuinely trust God with all of our heart where we put all of our faith in Him for His protection, for His provision, for His deliverance. And can I tell you this? One way or the other, God's going to deliver us from this time. He's either going to deliver us in this life or He's going to deliver us in the next. But either way, we're going to be delivered. And I want to encourage you in that. Uh, don't fret. Don't have anxious thoughts. Certainly take care. We want to be cautious. But uh, we don't want to tempt God. Obviously, we're not going to go out here and just be careless. But we ought not to be fearful. And we ought not to be afraid. And I hope that will be a help and encouragement to you tonight. Let's bow our heads in prayer and we'll be dismissed. Father, we're thankful for your word. And we pray that you'll use it. Lord, just a simple thought tonight, just by way of encouragement. If there was anybody in this world that understood suffering, I think we would have to be in agreement it would be Job. To lose his children, to lose his, his material goods, his flocks, his servants, even his own wife to turn against him. Lord, if there's anyone that knew what suffering was, it was him. And to watch and to see his response, Lord, how encouraging it is in our hearts. But we know that our Redeemer liveth. And on the earth, one of these days, he's going to stand again. And we know that when our life is over, our bodies are decayed, that this will be just a shell left on this earth, and that we will be standing in the presence of our dear Savior. And oh, what a time. I pray that you would help us to hold to these things, that they will bring great comfort and great uh, source of strength in the trying days and weeks ahead. Dismiss us with your blessings. We thank you so much. 
for the privilege of being able to come and study your word and look into its pages for a help to us, an encouragement to us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you all for tuning in tonight, and we'll see you on uh, tomorrow morning, Lord willing.